So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. I got a review here from Susan Proctor, rebusuniversity.com, the CBA course. I have been a buyer agent for several years, and I learned so many new and interesting ideas. I know I will be a better agent for my clients. My clients have always been number one, but now I understand a bit more of the psychology and the processes and will be able to be better equipped and help to serve. Great class five-star Susan Proctor. Susan, thank you so much. Guys, if you want this course and many more, go to the futureofrealestatetraining.com. Get your first seven days for only seven bucks. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, we got an incredible guest today. Got Mr. Ryan Serhan on the phone. Ryan Serhan is the star of Bravo TV's Million Dollar Listing. If you don't know who he is, Google him because he is everywhere. And this guy is crushing it. And the best thing about Ryan is he's not really a movie star. He's not really a TV star. He's an agent that just happens to be on film. And we're going to dig deep into things and talk to him just like we talk to all other agents and get the nitty gritty. So I'm so excited about this. And without further ado, welcome Ryan Serhant. Thank you, man. How are you? I am Ryan Serhant. That's my introduction. That's how I introduce myself. That's how he does. I am Ryan Serhant. That's awesome. Well, listen, Ryan, uh, thanks so much for coming on Real Estate Rockstars today. I really appreciate it. The Rockstar Nation appreciates you. Uh, why don't you just give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they get to know you better? Sure. I am a residential real estate broker based in New York City. I got into the business in 2008 on the day Lehman Brothers filed for bankruptcy. That was my first day in September, 2008. Uh, before that, I was doing odd jobs in New York City to pay the bills. I was hand modeling. I was trying to act, a lot of different things. I built up a pretty large team of just over 60 agents. We do majority of our transactions between Manhattan and Brooklyn and Long Island City. And I've got team members in the Hamptons, Miami, uh, and Los Angeles, and then good referral brokers everywhere else. I am also on a TV show on Bravo called Million Dollar Listing New York. I have another TV show on Bravo called Sell It Like Serhant. I've got a blog on YouTube. I do as much social media as I possibly can. My book just came out, Sell It Like Serhant, and it's the greatest book on sales in the history of the world. Uh, so everyone should know that. And, you know, last year, my team was ranked number one in sales for all of New York. and I think number two for the entire country in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, we did just under $840 million for the last year so that's kind of where i am and who i am that's beautiful 
That's awesome, dude. Um, okay, so you know, one of the questions we always talk about on the show is ego commission income, which is gross commission income, which agents tend to go by that and productions. What would, what would you say your ego commission income, your total gross commissions that you brought in was? In, in my life or last year? No, last 12 months. Uh, I think it was like $22 million. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and your team is 60 people? Yes. Okay. And so what would, you, what would you say your profit margin is? A lot. It, we, I, I, the brokerage company that I'm at it covers all expenses. So I don't, we don't pay for anything. So we bring it in. I mean, it, profit margin is a hard question to ask just because we have, you know, the different splits and all that stuff across the board and taxes. But I think that we really try to have the house cover as much as possible because that's the whole reason we stay at a larger firm like Nest Seekers is, you know, for their support in the background. Otherwise, we would just do this on our own. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about your business. So what percentage of your business is listings versus buyers? I would say we are 65% listings, 35% buyers. Okay. And let's break down some sources. So aside from sphere of influence, aside from just past clients and referrals, what's your biggest source of listings? Honestly, our biggest source of listings at this point is probably a, a combination of mailing, direct mail, and, uh, and social media mixed together. You know, we do a significant amount of social media, both for myself personally and for our team, the Sirhan team, which we started really from the ground up with no exposure whatsoever. And we do a lot of video on YouTube as well. So that like we get a lot of listings from the, like, the kids of the parents who hire us. Right? That's a huge place to get business. Like if you, if you can reach like the daughter of the guy who needs to sell his house, you know, daddy listens to his little girl. And he'll also meet with other people as well. But then once I'm in the room, then you know, we are pretty unstoppable. So that too. And listen, I, I would be lying too if I didn't say that being on a couple of national television shows you know, doesn't hurt. But you know, the cold calls I get from Million Dollar Listing and things like that are really, honestly... You know, people, I get emails every day, like, hey, I've got a farm in Brazil. Can you please sell it? I'm sure you can. You've got buyers. You're on TV. I'm like, well, I don't really sell farms in Brazil. But I use the show to help me get the business that I want. So in rooms with sellers or with, you know, developers, because we sell a lot of buildings in New York, I can sit there and say, also, this is exposure that I have that no one else has. So it's, it's you know, helpful in that way. That's awesome. So take me back before the show. Like, I'm curious as a how your business has expanded since the show? Well, I honestly, before the show started, because the show started for me in 2010, uh, I got into it at the end of 2008. I didn't really take the business seriously until the end of 2009. So I've been doing, <laughs> I'd seriously been doing real estate for, I don't know, a year, let's say, give or take, where I was like, you know what, I will be a real estate agent because that first year, the last thing in the world I ever wanted to do was be a real estate agent. You know, the last thing in the world I thought I wanted to do was just come to the office, put on my suit, show people apartments. Like it just sounded terrible to me because I was just uneducated on the career and on the job. I had no idea that this was something that I would actually like. So for that first year, I was still doing odd jobs. I wasn't showing up to the office as early as I do. Like, so I really had no business. And then the show, the show really did because like I told you, it didn't, force people to pick up the phone because when was the last time you watched TV and you pick up the phone and called someone you saw on TV? You right, didn't. Right. Never did. Right. And I think even to get on this podcast, I had to reach out to you. Right. 
Yeah, you did reach out to me. I love that. You know what I mean? And we've had Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran on. And, you know, last month was our best month ever. We did well over 150,000 downloads. And it seems like the more downloads we get, the more people reach direct to us. So I, I really appreciate you wanting to come on. It's, it's quite an honor. Right. So it's, you have to make your own way that way. And so I use the show to open doors and the doors don't just throw themselves open to me. Uh, naturally. So I have to use the show to open doors that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to open, especially at the beginning of my career, because no one had any idea who I was or that I knew how to sell. That's amazing. And now you were an actor, right? Before you got yeah, your real estate. I tried, I tried my best. You tried. Do you think that's why they came to you after only one year in the business? I mean, certainly there were agents that had been in business decades that they could have came to. Oh, yeah. I, but I, they didn't come to me. I went to an open casting call at the Hudson Hotel in Times Square with 3,000 real estate agents, and they picked four of us. Wow. I just, I, but what, you know, you know how they say luck is when opportunity meets preparation, right? Like yeah, I spent my whole life thinking I was going to act and wanting to be on camera and wanting to do all of that. So I kind of knew how to put myself in front of a camera. I kind of knew the game. I knew what they were looking for. I, I kind of knew what reality TV was, even though in 2010, it wasn't what it is now, right? And everyone told me not to do the show because everyone said it would completely ruin my career because New York City is <laughs> the capital of the world and everyone's going to hate you and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, those 3,000 agents all sat down and gave a 30-second little video interview. And I think in my interview... I just gave them exactly what they wanted to hear. And then from there, I had to figure out how to be, how to be the cooker I told them I was. That's awesome. Okay, so, so tell me about your team, Ryan. Like, how, how have you broken it up? The team is broken down by, uh, there really isn't that much hierarchy. It's real estate agents. Some are new. Some are senior. And then there's the admin staff. And I have two main offices, one in Soho and one in Brooklyn. And they're all part of the same team. I just need two physical locations because they're kind of far apart from each other. And, and how many of the people, how many of the 60 people are agents versus staff? 54 are agents and six are staff. Wow. Okay. So you're very heavy agents. That's great. That's great. And, and how are you training them to be like Ryan, to sell like Sirhan? Well, I, I, I try to have them follow me as much as possible and be attached to emails as much as possible and listen to the conversation as much as possible. But, you know, it is helpful that I wrote a book about how to do it. Um, and we do have training. We have training once a month where I sit down with everybody and go through something that I think is important, whether it's negotiating, pitching, marketing, structuring your day. So they all follow my lead that way. And I listen, I'm in the office all the time. I'm not like some absentee traveling, high-flying real estate agent. I'm in this office in Soho where I'm talking to you from right now before everybody else, and I leave after everybody else. That's awesome. And, and um, what exactly, like a typical day for Ryan, I know it's probably not, you know, on the show, they're just showing you negotiating the contracts and the, yeah. the you, know, you know, when the rubber meets the road, but what's a typical day for you today? I wake up between 4.30 and 5. I yeah. go to the gym. I then send out all the important emails I have to send out for that day so that the people I'm sending it to, they have those emails in their inbox before they even wake up. That way they know what's up. Then I try to be in the office by eight o'clock and I'm in appointments all day long. And I'm in, I try to spend the majority of my day doing only things I can do. 
right? That's what I have a team for. That's what I have admins for. I mean, even when I first started, it was me and, you know, me and one intern. So that way, all of my waking hours, which is really all I have, because time is the only asset that I really have, right? I'm just a salesperson. I don't really do anything else. Is um, uh, I want to spend all of those hours only doing what I can do to move my business forward. So if there's anything else, whether it's showing apartments, broker previews, open houses, you know, emails, contracts, all that stuff, if someone else can physically, mentally do that work, I have someone else who can do it so that my time is best spent all day long quarterbacking business and growing the team so that you know everyone else can do more business. And then I'm in some sort of dinner event or something by the end of the day. If I can, I make it back to the office to wrap up the day. If not, I'm at home. I say hi to my wife and I plan for the day ahead because my day always kind of starts the night before. That way, when I wake up, I know exactly what's going on and I'm not like groggy, needing coffee, looking at my calendar. What, what appointments do I have today? Like that all starts the night before. That's awesome. And I love how you say quarterbacking business. So what you mean is, you know, you're the guy that, that has the ball and is throwing it to everybody else. So does that mean like you're, you're taking the initial calls from people that want to do business with your team? Yes. Um, if they come through by email, I'll, I'll call them right away. If they come directly to my office, my assistant, Jordan, will get it and set up a call or set up the meeting. But yeah, they, when people call me, they call me. You know, I don't farm out leads or things to other people on my team, but I bring team members who are the absolute best to handle that business with me on those first meetings so that the sellers, if I'm meeting a seller, or the buyer, if I'm meeting a buyer, knows that they're getting me plus my army and not just me who they know is busy, right? Like I don't lie about being busy. And if you want to be successful, you hire a busy person, you know? And then what about um, listing appointments? So what listings do you go on yourself versus have your team go on? I, anything that comes through me, someone reaching out to me, someone calling the office, emailing the office, like anything at any price point, I go on. If the team themselves have their own listing appointments that they've met or that they've gotten, whether they got it because of me or just on their own from business or you know, anything, if they want to do it on their own, they can. If they want me to go there, I, I will be there. All right, guys, why waste thousands of dollars and countless hours on training that never touches on what matters most? How to make more money in real estate. For just $7, you can start a one-week trial at Rebus University today. And what that means is $13,000 worth of real estate courses on how to make more commissions will be available to you for a dollar a day. It's all you can eat. Go in there and take them all if you can. Only seven bucks. To start your seven-day all-access free trial, go to futureofrealestatetraining.com. These courses are guaranteed to get you more listings, more leads, and more commissions. Futureofrealestatetraining.com or just text the word trial to 444 999 that's t-r-i-a-l to 444-999 and, and how do you decipher like how, is it just the honor policy that that someone on your team one of the 60 people just doesn't 
you know, use your, you know, take advantage and say, you know, someone says, hey, is Ryan there? No, he's not, but I, I can help you. I want them to take advantage of me. You want them to. Okay. That's the whole point of being on the team. This isn't just a, the way I have the team set up is commission splits are broken down um, and everyone has agreements with me. So whether the call comes in and they get it or I get it and put them on it, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. I mean, I want them to be hungry. I want them to milk me and take advantage of me. I want them to all say, hey, because I used your name and I used you, I got 10 new listings this month instead of zero. Like that's the whole point. That's, yeah, it makes sense, right? It gives them so much more power, right? Yeah, but and it's not just me, right? I think any team atmosphere, the whole point is the word we. It's us. It's together. It's I just spoke to him. You know, I just spoke to Ryan and we decided X, you know, and being able to use that kind of group as a conversation is goes a long way with clients. So, Ryan, what is something that you see other agents doing today where the juice is just not worth the squeeze? You know what I mean? Where they're doing it and it's just not paying off and that you would never do. That's a good question. You know, I think that, what's, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm trying to think of things that other agents do that I know of that I don't like. You know, I think that uh, kind of like the general broker open house you know, that people do all the time. I'm guilty of still doing it sometimes too. I think it's just a total waste of time these days. I think it used to make sense back before everything was so public and in your, in your phone, you used to have to get good brokers to come see your listing so that they'd actually pay attention and think about what buyers they have. But now like you can get anything in front of anyone in four seconds. It's just a total waste of time. And that's another hour or two hours that I'll never get back. I, I, I agree. And it's just, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. And most agents come that want a free ham and cheese sandwich. And those are the agents you probably don't want to do business with that yeah. can't afford a ham and cheese sandwich, you know? And I think that a lot of times we also do it just for the seller, right? If we're on the list side. Absolutely. It makes them feel better, which I think probably, honestly, the biggest mistake most real estate agents make, both on the list side and on the buy side, is not driving the ship with that relationship from the beginning and setting the expectations. Most people do as broken open houses and list too high and price too high and make these mistakes for six months because they just don't understand how to have a conversation with a client because they think it's a difficult conversation and then they don't like confrontation and they feel like everything's just going to be okay. Right? <laughs> Whereas if you start at the beginning laying out, this is how this is going to work. You are incredibly confident. I'm incredibly confident. I've been doing this for years I know how to do this. This is why you're hiring me. This is, these are the steps that we are going to take to get your home sold. Or these are the steps that we're going to take to find you the best home at the best price possible. And if you're with me, we're going to make it happen. And no one has that conversation. Like a lot of people come to me all the time and they're like, no, Ryan, I'm so great with clients. I just can't close. It's the close that's so hard. I'm like, yeah, it's the close that's so hard because you never talked about it at the beginning. You like gently brushed over it and you leave it to the last minute, just like on a date. You know, it's yeah, like- yeah. You're walking her home or you're driving her home and you're thinking like, oh man, how do I, how do I close right now? What do I, do I come up? Do I say something weird? I don't know. And then it all ends awkwardly and you feel bad. It's because you never set the expectations from the beginning so that everyone was on the same page. And it just goes so much further when you do that. So, so teach us that. So, so what do you say to set the expectations right at the beginning and throughout the appointment? I, I, I would lay out the entire process and I lay out the offer process and I make it fun. I make it a game, right? I don't make it something that's really boring or something that's, um, 
that's you know too scary right because a lot of people they love shopping but they hate actual purchasing because it's terrifying and it's so much money but i make it fun I'm like listen you can make offers on multiple things you don't have to buy anything like we can hang out and see things you can make an offer you can pull your offer like it's not the end of the world no one's putting a gun to your head to buy anything but what you want to do is you want to not waste your own time like let's go see houses and at the end of each day that we see homes let's sit down and let's figure out which one you want to make an offer on and let's just see like even if it's a really low offer like who cares let's just see and honestly even if it's a low offer and you don't want to buy it like you're helping me out because then i know that i can sell that house to somebody else and like you and me we're teamwork baby let's make it happen so you make it more of like a you make it more of a, a process you set those expectations you make it fun and you know it's there's it's not life or death to close and then to make an offer and then to you know go to the contract process because you discuss it all at the beginning and they realize that that's the whole reason they're looking for homes or they're looking to sell in the first place so, yeah you really got to show them hey you know i don't mind yeah you know let's do this i don't mind i really don't mind so yeah. so how so so that was great advice what about on the listing end what how do you make the listing closing of a listing appointment fun? In, the, the, how to close it, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Same advice, but on the listing side. Yeah, I, I kind of do, honestly, the same thing. I, I look at everybody like a friend and not like a client. But I come in incredibly professional. I'm dressed well. I let them know that I'm there for them, right? They are the boss. They are the client. I work for them, not the other way around. I leave any ego at the door, um, stay incredibly humble, and just lead, literally lead them to water, right? I mean, that's how you sell at the end of the day. You lead them to the decision that is best for them, not the decision that's, that's best for you or best for anyone else. Like, that's the only way that they're going to be able to pull the trigger. And I make it fun. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. This is the creative marketing we're going to do. And where the market is, it would be great to get on the market by next Tuesday at four o'clock, right? Like, let's make it happen now. No, no, no. That's what it is. Yeah, Isn't that's cool. That's cool. What about a failure? What's a failure that you've had uh, that uh, you've learned from that we can learn from by hearing about it? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> how much time do we have? You know, I, I'm pretty insatiable. As a person, you know, I, I always want more. And a lot of the mistakes I've made in, in the past are just taking on too much. And then, you know, everyone knows that real estate agent who's got listings and you can't get them on the phone, right? They don't reply to emails. And it just like drives you crazy. And it's, I, it's, sometimes it's because they're terrible people. Sometimes it's because they are just too busy and they take on too much and they don't understand time management and they don't understand leverage and leveraging through other people so that they give quality customer service, not just to their clients, but to the brokerage community who really should be treated sometimes even better than your own clients because they're the ones who are going to help make you money and help you year after year after year. So. I don't know, I, my first building that I was ever selling in New York City, I got fired from because I tried to do too much. And I was running around all over the place and I, I wasn't telling them I loved them enough, you know, just like a marriage. Like I wasn't there enough. I, I thought that I was awesome because I had this whole building and I was going to list everything else and it was going to be great. But I didn't think about the, my, my lack of quality service because I wasn't going to be at that one building all the time, which is what they really wanted. You know, I didn't think about my own time management and the fact that, shoot, I kept forgetting to call them back because of this, 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 this. And I really had to learn how to take a step back and focus more on quality service instead of quantity in business. Because you can have all the balls in the air as possible, which is what I talk about in the book a lot. 
you know, and you have all those balls in the air, all of this business. But if you suck at quality service, they're all going to fall and hit you in the face. And so I had to take a step back and really focus on proper time management, focus on proper, proper structure to my day and focus on my team who was really there to help me and not just there to turn lights on, right? And use them for client service. Plenty of people make a decent living selling real estate, but how many manage to make millions to become a millionaire? Imagine how much more profitable your business would be if you had the chance to learn from someone who actually made their millions selling real estate. Rebus University instructors know what it takes to build a highly successful, highly lucrative real estate business because they've done exactly that. These self-made real estate millionaires spent years in the trenches identifying exactly what works in today's markets. And that's exactly what they teach. Right now, we're running a seven-day trial on Rebus University's all-access package. For just $7, you can get access to every course. Every millionaire real estate instructor, there's over 40 of them, 40 millionaire real estate instructors that Rebus University has to offer. You have access to all of them. To start your seven-day free trial for only 7 bucks, go to futureofrealestatetraining.com. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com or text trial t-r-i-a-l to 444-999 that's trial to 444-999 so what tools do you use what technologies do you use in addition to your team to help you not drop the balls yeah i I should i don't we've tried every crm under the book they all suck like they haven't been good. Like they, it just doesn't work for us. Um, and the CRMs and tech, it's only as good as you using it. So you can have it, but if you're not going to update it all the time, all day long, and let it work for you, then it's just going to become a chore. And that's something I wish we were better at. But you know, I try as you best. You just use spreadsheets. Yeah, we have we do have Excel spreadsheets. We have different types of deal trackers. Right, use Google. You know, the Google, uh, Google Docs, that's a big right. thing. Well. And email, we're all very, very, very organized with email. Actually, one time in my phone, when I can't remember what iPhone was, it was maybe five or something, came out and my email just wouldn't sync and it wouldn't sync to the phone and I couldn't get email on my phone. It was driving me absolutely crazy because I live on that phone. I had to get Microsoft Exchange involved and they had to get Apple involved because I have an iPhone and I use Outlook. And they came back, and I still have the email to prove it because it was the greatest email I ever had. Ah. Said, the problem is you have more individual folders in your Outlook than anyone we've ever seen. And I was like, that's awesome. Also terrible, but that's also awesome. <laughs> I separate everything by, by literally people, by tradespeople, by deal, by broker, by direct client by you know, literally everything that could be sorted is sorted into different folders, so it's always incredibly easy to find. And that goes a long way to keeping me sane. Have you, have you ever gotten beat on an appointment by an inexperienced agent? And if so, what did they, how did they do it? Yeah, of course. They did it by pitching against the fact that I'm too busy and that I wouldn't give the client enough love and time, no matter what I said. 
no matter what I said, you know, the younger agent, which like I, I give them credit, you know, like I, when I first started as a young inexperienced agent, my whole pitch, the way I got business was, yeah, you can give it to that guy who's been doing it for 10 or 20 years, but he's got all these other listings. He's got responsibilities. I just saw on Facebook, he's in the Hamptons right now. I'm going to live with you. I'm going to tattoo the name of this address into my chest. I am, I will live and die by this deal. And yes, I'm young. Yes, I'm inexperienced, but I'm not stupid. And I will get this done better than anyone else. And if you want someone who's going to hold your hand for 24 hours out of the day until this is sold, I'm the only one who can do it for you because everybody else is too busy. That's how I got business. Didn't work all the time, but you know, you say that speech to a handful of people and they're like, you know what? Yeah. That other guy is way too busy. I want the kid who's going to die for me. Yeah. Right. Put a tent in the front yard and camp in it. Now I have to fight against that and it's hard, but I can't, I don't knock it. I'm like, good on you. So, so a lot of people told you, huh? Don't do the TV show because uh, you'll come off like an ass and, and people will hate you. Do you have, and, and, and generally the haters I find in the real estate game are the other agents, the co-op agents, which you, you obviously make an effort to love. Did you have any, do you have any of that where they catch an attitude before they even meet you or talk to you? Yes. You know, at the beginning, the people telling me not to do it weren't just real estate agents. It was kind of everybody I knew because it was like, okay, you're going to go on television and you're going to have to be dramatic and you're going to have to be crazy. Like, do you think anyone who works on Wall Street in New York City is going to pick up the phone and say, oh, I want that kid to come sell my home? No, they want private bankers. You know, they want that investment banking experience on the real estate side as well. And what I decided at the time was really that it's a wash. Like anyone who sees the show who says, oh, I would never work with that guy is far, far outweighed by the amount of people that I never met in my entire life around the world who see the show and say, he would be fun to work with. Let me see if he responds to my email, you know? And so like, I really don't care that people see the show and say, I wouldn't work with that guy. Like, good. I don't want to work with you either. You know, <laughs> there are people who want to work with me. And then two, like some of the best business that I've done because of the show has been from other real estate agents. So like to every real estate agent who's listening to this, you know, if you ever have someone moving to New York City, even if it's a tiny little rental or anything, like just email me. I'm like Ryan at RyanSirhant.com. Just email me and refer the deal and we will take great care of them. Like we just did as a side story, uh, a real estate agent I met in 2012 in Arizona. I went there and I spoke on a panel. 2012, okay, randomly emails me uh, last year. So six years later and says, hey, Ryan, you're not going to remember me, but we met in 2012. You came and you spoke in Arizona. Anyway, you told us back then if any of us ever had clients sent to New York, sent to you. So I've got a guy who wants to buy a, an apartment in New York. He's, he's pretty wealthy. I told him you're my best friend, okay? And I'm like, absolutely. He's like, cool. And so he's going to call you and please tell him something. And the guy called me, he showed up a month later, and he bought an apartment for $8.4 million. Wow. So that's New York. And that's then me giving that guy a referral fee on an $8.4 million purchase that had he just let that guy go to New York on his own, you know, he never would have. So anyone who's- 50, He probably made 50 grand on that in Arizona, you know? Yeah, whatever number it was, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, like if you're listening to this and you ever have clients who want to be in New York, email me, use me. Like that's a huge reason why I did the show in the first place. I, I like how you uh, make it a game, right? Just like you do with the closing. You make it a game where you're like, you know, let me see if Ryan responds. And to you, that's a challenge. And yeah. You I better that challenge. And everyone always writes back and they're like, 
holy moly, you actually replied. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. What do you think? This is my job, man. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? Where do you think I am on the beach? No, I mean. <laughs> Speaking of the beach, how's the Miami expansion? You know, a lot of agents have struggles, uh, you know, expanding. Yeah. Especially, you know, that's pretty Hard. fun. Miami from New York. How's that going? It's hard. I mean, to be honest, we, we have some stuff going on, but it's, it's hard. The market there is, is hard. And you know, the expansion to the other markets has been difficult. It's been rewarding for sure. And it's good to be able to service one client in all popular markets. It's really why we did it. But the growth is tough because you're just not there. You know, like for a brokerage company, it's one thing. But for me as an agent, really, and a team, you know, like I just said, like the majority of the calls and the emails and the outreach come to me. And then they want to meet me and then my team handles. It's very hard for me to get on a plane and go to Miami to do a listing pitch for an $800,000 apartment. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't pay. It doesn't make sense. So then that's a listing that I don't get and it starts to comp, you know, compounds and goes from there. But I'm figuring it out slowly but surely. What's, what's the highest priced uh, house you've settled on? Individual? I don't know. Last year, we, at the end of last year, in the fall, we closed on an apartment, a three-bedroom on Park Avenue for $36 million. That was probably the, it's different in New York, right? Like one, things are really expensive. So that was probably the single most money I sold an apartment for, but we also sell buildings. So last year to a building, 550 Vanderbilt in Brooklyn, uh, I closed $101 million there. So like when I think about numbers, I think also in terms of kind of gross sellouts of these projects that we sell. And, and how many appointments do you go on where you're actually truly competing against the other people on the show <laughs> more than i wish really yeah because like if somebody is reaching out to me and they want me to sell their home you know they're probably reaching out to somebody else who's not on the show and then i'll reach out to the other guys too you know because they want to see if we're real they want to see who will get the most exposure and what we say and sometimes it's hard to see if they're you know not bsing us as well because you know, you don't know. They could just want to meet us, but they have a cool apartment, and we are suckers for a cool list. <laughs> That's awesome. If if I had a magic pill, and I could remove one source of pain, right, from your business, what would that? What would it be? What pain would I remove? The is the media. <laughs> Honestly, the media hurts us more than anything because it drives or crushes consumer confidence. And we've lost more deals because of an article in the New York Times uh, or what CNBC said yesterday than we have because people didn't like the house. You know, it's- um, What do you mean? Like what, like what they say about the economy or what they say yeah, about- Yeah, man, there was an article in the New York Times on January 4th, case in point, January 4th, New York Times wrote an article that said, that basically said, if you're looking to buy in New York City, you are stupid. The market is terrible. It's going to get worse. 20,000 apartments are coming in the next 12 months. So the through line to that, the underline to that was, if you're buying in New York City, you're an idiot. Like that, that article killed four deals for us that day. Really? And yeah, because people read that and they're like, wait, 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 no, no, no. I'm being stupid. I'm being stupid. The New York Times just told me I'm dumb. I should not buy right now. I'm going to wait. The market's going to get worse. I don't want to catch a falling knife. You know, CNBC, they, no one ever talks about things when they're good. When they're good, there's always some weird like reason why and it must be shady and it's strange. Why is the housing market good? Why is the stock market good? And when it's bad, it's all people want to talk about because misery loves company. And so, you know, then the news media is like, oh, 
oh, prepare for a bear market. It's going to get worse. Things are going to get bad. The stock market fell 600 points today, and that probably means you're going to die. And then that's really hard for people to want to buy or sell homes in. So please invent a magic pill that removes the media. <laughs> that removes the media. Now, when they call you, right, and want your opinion on why the market showing these numbers, do you call them back? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I talk to everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, New York City used to be a farm, okay? Everything is going to be okay. Everything's going to be great. The stock market goes up and goes down, right? The housing market goes up and goes down. The only people who should be concerned are the people who are short-term purchasers or sellers. Like, if you're looking to buy something today and sell it in the next nine to ten months, then yeah, I don't know. It might not be the best time. Let's look at it. Let's look at the numbers. But if you're looking to buy or sell a home, because you just had another baby or because you were just transferred for work or because you want more space or because you made more money and it's time to get an extra bedroom. Like you can't let CNBC or the New York times control your decisions because you don't let them control your decisions over dinner, right? Over what movie you're going to watch. Do you like, I know buying or selling a home is a lot more money and is a much bigger decision, but at the end of the day you have to live somewhere. So l let's get some advice for the rookie agent out there. We have a question on our show where we say, if you really did have to compete with agents to win a prize, how would you beat them as, as an agent that knows no one? And I, I think I'll just throw that out at you, but in a different format in, in, in that, like, if you had to start all over, knowing what you know now, like, what advice do you have for a brand new agent? Oh man, I would uh, join a team if possible. I would not go back and do it by myself because there was a lot of pain there. And it was a lot of sitting at the computer trying to figure out what to do. You know, in hindsight, it's, you know, it's probably the reason why I am where I am because it forced my back up against the wall and forced me to figure things out by myself. But who knows, right? I would join a team. I would learn. I would soak up information and I would treat those first, let's say two years, right? couple years i typically tell people three but let's say two years as a brand new agent that's your grad school okay i mean no one can just graduate high school and say i'm a lawyer because they spent a couple hundred bucks and clicked online or went to some tiny school for a couple weeks right no one can graduate high school or college and say that nah, i'm a doctor now because it cost me 500 bucks like no like we we trust the most important careers in the world to our lives to people who go to school forever right doctors seven years attorneys three years and then we know they get put through the ringer and by the time they get to us they are so trained and so professional and great and guess what all those people were all in school they made no money they racked up student debt they're crushed in it right student debt is a whole nother conversation so for us as salespeople, as real estate agents like Get off your high horse if you think that in the first year you're going to make all this money and then get pissed off when it didn't happen and then quit, right? Like for that first two years, your whole job is to be in grad school. Learn, soak up information. And if you make money, you're one of the lucky few and good for you. If not, that's okay. That's, that's the barrier of entry. Just enjoy it. Learn as much as you can and you will be that much of a better broker for the next 10 years. That's amazing. Great advice. Okay, so uh, tell me about your blog. Uh, I have a blog. Well, I do TV shows on Bravo, right? But I, I have such a, a young audience, too, that follows me on social media. Um, and I wanted to show them a little bit of a different part of my life. You know, I don't need to show them the apartments and negotiations. But, like, what is it like to be a real estate agent in New York City? Like, what's it like to wake up this early in the 
you know, when it's four degrees outside and running around, you know, and I do a lot of speeches and a lot of trainings and things like that. So once a week on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. on my YouTube channel, uh, which is at Ryan Serhant, I put out a weekly blog, literally just about my life and about my business and things that I've learned and mistakes that I've made, kind of a lot of the questions that you've asked me here. And I try to go through one, you know, with each video and I do other stuff and fun things and, you know, uh, collaborations and stuff like that. But it's, it's been a lot of fun. And if anyone's into real estate or into sales or into New York City, you guys should watch it. That's awesome. And sell it like Sirhan. Yeah. Let's tell me about that. Sell it like Sirhan is the greatest sales book, like I said, in the history of the known universe. And it's available anywhere books are sold. And I read the audio book. So if you don't want to read or if you're in the car all the time or you, you know, like to work out or something, get the audio, audio book, the audible. Um, I think it's pretty funny. It's, a, it's not a textbook. It's not a boring sales book. It is a funny, smart business book. And I literally go through how I went from, honestly, like broke and the day Lehman Brothers filed for bankruptcy up until my life today and what I do, how I structure my day, what time I wake up, what time I go to bed, everything I do, how I talk to people, where my clients come from. It's like, it's my playbook, honestly. And I put it out there to make real estate agents better so that our entire business would get better. That's great. And, and uh, Ryan, I'm going to wrap this up and talk. Everybody that comes on our show brings a free gift, like a PDF of a form that they use in the office. Is there something your team could share with us that the Rockstar Nation could benefit from? Sure. I got to think about what it is. We just setting expectations. We got a buyer's guide. It's yeah. like pretty sexy that I could send over to you. All right. That'll be awesome, guys. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this on hybendigital.com backslash Ryan Serhant. And it's S-E-R-H-A-N-T, correct? S-E-R-H-A, and it's Nancy T as in Thomas, yes. Yes. Hybendigital.com backslash Ryan Serhant. I'm going to put all of Ryan's contact information, his YouTube channel, everywhere. I'm even going to put, you know, like he said, his email. So if you want to reach out to him, you want to send him a referral, he's happy to follow up. And Let's do uh, it. Do it. You heard him. So, Ryan, listen, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Sure. And uh, the Rockstar Nation appreciates you. And uh, best of luck to you. If I'm ever in New York City and you got some time, maybe we can get together and break some bread. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, Go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.